Welcome to NRP's Leadership Conference podcast. Every February, pastors and leaders from around the country gather together at our Leadership Conference for dynamic teaching, powerful worship, impartation, ministry, and covenant relationships. Here's one of the recordings from our 2023 Leadership Conference. Our first point is <laughs> teamwork starts at home. And we've had a, a motto since we've been married. Um, we're called not just to build a nest, but to build the kingdom of God. You know, if you, I believe if you do that, the nest, of course, will come. So that's been our motto, and it's been our ministry for quite a few years. The verse that goes with that is a familiar one, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 2 are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. And believe it or not, before we got married, we talked about this. We didn't want our own personal success. We wanted kingdom advancing success. And we talked about, is it better for us to get married for a kingdom purpose or to be single? And we decided it was better to get married, and so we did, legally. Yes. Whatever that means. You've never said that before. We're going to have a talk this afternoon. There is no backstory. I'm not going to make up one, but it just had more emphasis, legally married. But we wanted whatever we did together as a couple to have the greatest possible impact it could not only here but around the world and we were both called to mission we knew it when we got married and so that was our prayer to the lord make us successful for you true that and in that so this is a little point this year we served under brother rod for 21 years in louisiana and now we've been up north in illinois indiana for the same exact amount of time so when we started the school of ministry and we had two campuses north and south we felt very qualified well we felt like we knew everybody all the pastors and leaders we all some of us go back 30 40 years and thank god there's new ones coming up amen but anyway that's all part of kingdom partnership but in in the thought that teamwork starts at home we have a couple of points and the first is communication and so we put a picture of our front porch in two rocking chairs. We very, very rarely get to sit on them, but we do spend time purposely communicating, in our case now with five lively children out of the house in the morning. We make a point of it. We talk about our family encouraging things and problems. We talk about our day, we talk about the ministry, we talk about financial things, health things, whatever it is. And I understand that it's not always been like that. With kids to get off to school in the morning, it wasn't the morning time we got together. You're right, and um, adjustments you make in marriage, this isn't a marriage seminar, but I'm, I'm the type of guy who loves to give God only my first fruit, real spiritual, you know, I just wanna be alone with God. I need help, right from the moment I get up. And uh, Susie functions best. Um, meeting together, she drinks tea. But she never drinks coffee. I drink coffee. I drink Kona coffee from Hawaii. I call it coffee. So you want to have coffee? Yeah. So um, anyway, I've sacrificed that. Uh, you know, God has given me permission to meet with Susie. But when we talk in the morning with our tea and coffee, she's for some reason, if I get up at 5 in the morning, she's up at 4.30. She's always 30 minutes ahead of me. So her brain... Is on is on afterburner right in the morning. Mine's still being spooled up like a jet engine. So we've we've learned to say, let's have coffee, let's uh, encourage each other, but don't ask me any hard questions. You know? 
don't machine gun me with all the things that are going on around the church and the world. And, and she does she does fair on that. It's my best time of the <laughs> it's day. It's her best time. You know, Let's go After ahead. He says, do your hardest thing the first thing in the morning. I know. We do good. We do good. But anyway, <laughs> just, you know, we, we've learned to do that through the years. And so whether it's morning, whether it's evening before you go to bed, if you work shift work, those not in full-time ministry, if it has to be a Saturday or Sunday night, whatever it is, one of the secrets of our success together is communication. And yeah, we try... True to do that really well. The, the next part of that is Pastor Keith, my favorite Pastor Keithism or quotable quotes from Pastor Keith is, facts change, plans change. That's right, it happens. And so we may have communicated very well in the morning and then I'm at the office and a zillion things change. Calls come in from around the world, the pastor calls about teaching in the school, Pastor Ron calls from the church and says, can you talk a minute? Like, everything changes. But what I've learned is Dick's in another location. If it doesn't matter to him, I don't bother him with that communication. But if it means he's going to have dinner two hours late, I try to write you so you know you it's do. coming. You do. And then when I leave the office, I send a house emoji because he knows I'm on my way then. And then he That's starts right. disengaging from what he's doing so that you meet me at the door. I do. And we go back into our lives being one for the evening. Oops, sorry. True that. <laughs> so, the other thing in communication, the last point I wanted to share is, if you saw our calendars, they're really full. This year we'll be um, doing five international trips. We have four domestic trips. Like, it's just a color code of countries and schools. It's amazing. We love it. But what we had to learn was because we have older kids to live in Atlanta, to live in New Orleans area, and then one in Indianapolis, we found that it was fun to put our mission trips and school and ministry campus meetings in, but suddenly we kind of had, we didn't have time for our grown children. And they were saying, Mom, when, Dad, when are you coming down? The grandkids are asking for you. And so we had to learn to be intentional about personal time. And we had to communicate about that. And so now it might sound crazy, but every spring we purpose for a weekend to go to Atlanta, to go to New Orleans area, and to go to Indy. We went just went last weekend. Indianapolis. Indianapolis and spend time with our kids and encouraging them and speaking into their lives and mostly listening at this point. And then we know how to pray when we go home. But we do that once in the spring and once in the fall. It's in the calendar in a certain color, color-coded, blocked off. And you'd have to really, you know, convince us not to do that because we feel that that's such an important thing um, to also grow with our older children. And this is all part of communication. And then the last one is cooperation. The second, second one. one is cooperation. That's a picture of our kitchen table when I'm on a project. And so... Workstation. My workstation. And Dick has learned to be very gracious about this and... Um, we won't eat supper there. He'll let me leave it out overnight. We'll find another place. Or to bring home a meal or whatever. When we're focused on a particular... A, a car is not a bad place to eat. <laughs> right, Danny? <laughs> when no. we're focused on a particular mission or assignment, we don't look at it as my mission or his mission. It's our mission. And so one person's in the lead and one person's in the support. And so if you're in the support... We've learned to become the best support that we can be for each other. So when you're preaching out, right, yes. I have your clothes ready, breakfast ready, yep. 
I have to purpose to not be late. And that's because you're the, the lead. Right. The lead and I'm the cooperating one. In that case. Cooperation. So, practical things around the house. We've learned to help each other out. Then the last one is congratulations. Three yes. C's. Yes. If you know Dick, it's always alliteration. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I mean, how many think one of the most important things to be in your life is thankful? You know, whenever we have a successful did it, Rick, um, we call them did it's. You know, it's a did it. it. Sounds like a frog, but it's a did it. It could be a new school starting. Uh, it, it could be a new nation opening up. It, it could be uh, orientation for for the new school of ministry. We always come home, and uh, once you, we don't have the did it until we're in our kitchen, and we we open up our back double door there, and we just thank the Lord for real. You know, some of you probably do this, but. After it's done, just thanking God, Lord, it's another did it for the kingdom of God. We know God did it through us, but it's, it's, it encourages our hearts. And I believe it encourages God's hearts, too, that we recognize he only has, well, he has one heart. <laughs> if you don't want to get too theological. But, uh, <laughs> you do direct a Bible school. Huh? You do direct a Bible school. I do direct 16 Bible schools. But anyway, the point is, is um, encouragement is a big deal. And if you had a, a, a vi don't have a video in our home, that would be perverted. But if you had a, 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 um, a microphone in our house, you would hear the more pressure is on our family on, on, on due dates, not pregnancy due dates, but on, on due dates that we're encouraging other, and you all have your own language, right? We're not going to share all our intimate things, but we do say, when I, when I, <laughs> Keith says do it. No. <laughs> no, it's simple stuff. It's, it's coming from another room, my study. Susie's at, at the computer, I'm, and they're proud of you. We're going to do this. Love you. More, one of my favorite is more. You know, she knows I love you more. You know, so it's kind of like ducks that are flying from Canada coming down here to Louisiana, Mississippi with all the mighty hunters, they're all encouraging other, each other. And if they're coming over Jackson, Mississippi, where Pastor Franco pastors, they're going to go hard left. Oh, oh, they're, they're encouraging each other. You can make it turn left. There's hunters over here. And, um, and that's what they're doing. They're flying in that victory formation, which is a wing formation. It creates lift. And if you, the more you hear them squawking, the tighter they're getting, and they're encouraging each other to go on. So we're like that in our house. If you if you if you hear a lot of encouragement going going on, there's a lot of work being done. How many know what I'm I'm saying is true? We we've got to keep each other encouraged. Amen. So teamwork starts at home. We communicate, we cooperate, and we congratulate. And these are real important to us. And so we encourage you this morning, who are couples out there. Find the, some things you do good at and keep going strong with them. Mm -hmm. And um, it'll really build. And another thing, you know, these are, it's, and this isn't a marriage seminar, but Susie loves fresh flowers. So I, how easy it to go to the store and I, I pick out things I know she would like. And, and sometimes when, if I'm home first, she's coming home from the longer day in the office, there's flowers there and it says, did it. Do we have one of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Did it. That was for the last orientation for the School of Ministry in, uh, in um, Generations Church. So there's the did it, and we know what that means, and we're so thankful. Amen. Point number two, teamwork is hard work. We only have three points. <laughs> teamwork is hard work. 
And the scripture is Ecclesiastes 5.3, for the dream comes through much effort. And so there should be a picture of horses up there. The word teamwork is a 16th century word, D-E-U-K, Duke. And the origin of it is horses, big horses, in step pulling a cart together. The cart isn't up there, so we decided that they were probably coming home from a did it. But um, it's the picture. <laughs> or they messed up and they lost their cart. <laughs> if you're doing a did it, sometimes look in the rearview mirror. Make sure, make sure people are following you. We like to say this is called kingdom cadence, right? The horses are stepping together and they're in perfect unity, and we get out once in a while of step, but we don't let it last too long. Not too long. But teamwork is hard work, and it's just how it is. Yeah, and um, yeah, um, how many, we've got visionaries, leaders here. When you're consumed with a vision that God's given you, it creates passion. So we've had to learn out to the governor, pump the brakes a little bit on our passions and our vision. When, uh, when, when Russia opened up, a lot, some of you were, many of you were involved in us in church planting all over Russia. And, um, we got, we were so consumed. We were starting, got a word from the Lord, do 25 quick, but good church plants in the largest unreached cities across Russia. And so it's a, these, these are consuming things. So almost 2,000 people went, short-termers, about 140 families we left behind, uh, there, and they eventually came home. And, um, uh, we, we said to each other, because all we would ever talk about is Russia, Russia, Russia. It sounds like uh, a political thing. But um, uh, I said to Susie, okay, we're going out. At that time, our favorite restaurant to just relax or celebrate was uh, Outback. Not a bad place. So we'd be leaving La Place, uh, Louisiana. And I said, Susie, let's go to have a dinner and let's not talk about Russia for one night. You know? Agreed. Worthless words. These are, these are worthless words. We, we, we got on the ramp onto I-10 out of Laplace, and we're already talking about Russia. Doug, you know the story, right? We are <laughs> so excited. We are consumed. So you, you try to tap the brakes, but, but when you're a team and you have a vision from God, you're, you are. You're consumed, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So you can try to tap your brakes, but good, uh, best of uh, wishes for you. Go ahead, Susie. Teamwork is hard work, and so we're going to talk about two types of teams that no one's talked about yet here at the conference. And um, I'm going to talk about the first one, um, which is two kinds of teams. Uh, teams for very large events like Bob or Flourish or things like that for the network. And then the second are mission trip teams. So when we moved into our new house, we downsized about three years ago after our parents passed. And I was on the POA board, the first POA board, and the president was like a – he was obsessed with trains. His whole basement was trains. His Facebook pictures are trains. He talked about trains, the whole POA meeting. And, like, I wanted to relate to this guy. He was my neighbor. So I tried to learn a little bit about trains. And trains are really interesting pictures of what teams can be. So they transport things or people from place to place. That's easy. But I did learn that freight trains can have up to 200 rail cars or wagons in them, and passenger trains can have up to 100 cars of um, 100 wagons or transport 500 people. A wagon can carry the equivalent of 300,000 pounds of weight 
or three to four truckloads of T material. Talking about a, a rail car? A rail car. Is there yep. a train up there? Yeah. Okay. Um, a single train can carry more than 300 trailer trucks can carry. The more wagons there are, the more engines that are needed, and you can have seven to eight engines on a train if you're going need to go up steep. How many are into trains? Nobody. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving right along. We're, we're, all, we're all learning something. <laughs> so I'm talking about two kinds of teams, okay? Events and mission teams. We have a little experience with that. Yeah. So each member of a train crew, there's usually five, has their, their own duties, and they take this really seriously. And so I'm going to boil it down to four of those because one of them's a brakeman, and you can have two brakemen, a front and a back. But here, here's what I've learned in the way that I lead large teams. There's an engineer, there's a conductor, there's a fireman, and there's a brakeman. And so the engineer is the one responsible for the direction of the train. Totally. His hand's on the throttle. He makes the decisions, right? He's motive and vision directed. What his word, what he says goes. And I realize that that is my sweet spot. I like to get an impossible vision, either from Dick or Pastor Ron, or Pastor Keith now with the School of Ministry. A little too much input here. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to see it all come together in vision. And that's another reason we're a good team. Dick gets the... the bigger vision. I do get a big picture. And then I figure out how it's all going to work together. But that's what the engineer does. He sits in the front car and he decides, so while you guys, you men are at Bob worshiping, I'm in the kitchen saying, I think we need a few more desserts. Or while you're eating lunch, I'm asking somebody, are the shuttles in place to go to the hotel? When we're on a mission trip, right, and everyone is checking in, I'm looking for security, right? When they're getting off the plane, I'm looking where the baggage claim is. That's what an engineer does. It keeps the train running. It keeps the train on the track. It keeps the throttle and the speed going. And I love to do that. I have found my sweet spot in ministry. I don't love to do that. <laughs> For the first time in my life, after 45 years of leading short-term trips, I don't do it anymore. Some of you can relate to what I'm saying in your arenas. You know, I, like now a short-term trip would, make, would not make me happy. But Susie's still got grace. She's got a couple more short-term trips. But Just a couple? I like getting the task done, and but she loves all those details. Aren't you glad your husbands and wives were not the same? Amen. But you know what? Every engineer needs a good conductor. And I found out that the conductor is more involved about the day-to-day -day duties. They have to take care of the crew. They have to be involved in the safety of the train. They jump up and down out of the engine. And I have found several good conductors at our church that makes my job so much easier. And we've talked about leadership and building teams at different levels, but it really, really works. Um, but you have to know your conductor and have to be a real one of those horse Amen. teams. And our them. track record is pretty good. We've probably brought you know, many thousands to the field, many hundreds of long-term missionaries, and we've only lost 27 people. Hey, we're we're, we're yeah, advertising Troy. for people to go. No, I'm only kidding. Okay. 
But but thanks for asking me. Uh, you wanted to clarify that because he's going to India soon, not Troy. Every team needs an engineer and every team needs a conductor. <laughs> I thought 27 out of thousands was pretty reasonable. <laughs> we'll we talk don't, about that. No one left behind. What, what does that mean? Unless you're tired. Yeah, unless you're less retired, unless we don't like you. <laughs> no, right, we, so we, remember, we have 100% success rate so, remember, so far. There just doesn't have to be one engine. Sometimes <laughs> engines are in the middle. Sometimes an extra engine is added in the back to push. Yep. But sometimes we need more than one conductor. So a train doesn't have one, maybe an assistant, but in big events and mission teams. And that's what's been the joy of lately our mission teams having four or five different teams but with a different person over every team so I can just engineer and they can be conductors. Now there's also in the old days at the steam trains there's a fireman. He sits up front with the engineer. Okay. And I just want to share what Jim shared, the importance of prayer with events. You know when we have an event we have a intercessor team that covers every uh, different aspect of that. But in mission teams, I actually go through and write a schedule of um, what we're doing in another country in the time of the other country. And we disperse it to our intercessors and our reaching nations team. And often we leave one up at a pile up in front of the church so people who know we're leaving can also pray along with us. So the fireman is the one who puts out the devil's smoke and intercedes for Feeds the fire success. of the Lord. Yep. And he gets, that's right. And so I say every team needs an engineer, a conductor, and a fireman. And um, this is just really proven to be so valuable. And then the last thing that we sometimes forget, I feel like every team needs a caboose. Now, cabooses have gone out of um, style. style production. Yep, they just use computers now. Back in the, between the 1970s and 80s. But as a kid, I remember loving cabooses. They're red and flashy with lights and bells and, you know, cabooses. Who, who, are wouldn't, cool. who wouldn't love a caboose? But it's managed by a brake man. And so I have a brake man for events. It's the person, the brake man is the one who, who's riding in the back, who finishes at the event, who's very, very thorough, because there's probably an event the next day or coming soon. So for our events at church, we have somebody named Larry. He's a deacon at our church, and he does such a great job that the engineer can go home when the evening meal of Bob starts. And I know every door will be locked, every garbage piece will be picked up, and it will be ready to go. Now, the first time I entrusted this to him, I literally cried on the way home and I text the conductor 10 times to check up on the brake man and every time she wrote me back he's doing great go to bed you've got to be at church at 7 in the morning and the second conference I did that I didn't even text I was so happy home by the fire and I knew the brake man was finishing up the conference now on mission trips it's a little bit um, different and uh, I just have a quick testimony um, on our mission trip application I write a question that says what is your strength or gift that you bring to the team and of course I've had all sorts of answers children's ministry I'm a worship leader I'm a prayer warrior and so one day as I was reading it this came this was listed as a strength or a gift I will go last and I read it and I was like he wants to go last and so I talked with him. I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, I don't know of any other gift I can bring to the team. But if you let me go last, 
I will count people. I will watch when they go to the bathroom and don't come out for a while. And I'll signal, you know, the engine to say, whoa, hold it. Um, he said, when, when some lady sees a ceramic lizard and veers off from mission, I'll say, excuse me, the train is moving. His name yep. is Rick. And he has become an invaluable part of our team for the last 10 years. And he's the caboose. And we really have not lost the person on no. a mission trip because no. we should have. We should have lost. We, we should have lost have many. Caboose. We would have lost one or two. But no one so. left behind except. <laughs> they let me know. But anyway, everybody has a part. We're we're a trained team moving forward at lightning speed. It has an uh, engineer, conductors. Brakeman and a caboose. Yeah, apply that to your church and your Teamwork team. Teamwork is hard work, but when you have a, a functioning team where everybody knows their place, God will get the glory and it will become a bullet train for him. I mean, thank you, Susie. Yep. Um, so teamwork starts at home. Teamwork is hard work. Yeah, you know, takes much effort to fulfill the dreams, says Ecclesiastes. And then the third point I want to apply uh, here is that teamwork makes the dream or the vision work, right? What's the difference between a dream and a vision? A date. Vision has practicalities. It has a blueprint. It has timelines, you know, and they, they can be adjusted. But it, it may start with a dream. But um, I, I carry, if you saw me in the spirit, you'd see me always carrying a blueprint with me. It's the blueprint of how to see the, the mission of the church completed around the world. I, I have that in my brain and it's in my heart, but I can't do it by myself. So the difference between a dream and a vision is a date. There's, there's, there's time lines there's there's things that have to be accomplished isn't that wonderful and um and there's two kinds of teams there's the general teams but yet there's special forces teams how many know a special forces team you're going to be a little more scrutinizing on who is going to are going to be the navy seals going underwater into some dark area at night uh, in black all helicopters or, or bailing out of a plane in total darkness you want to know who's right next to you your life depends on it so i want to talk a little bit about that but teamwork is in the trinity here's our example and there's many more scriptures but remember after Babel, the Tower of Babel, uh, God says, because they were unified in a perverted way, God says, let us go down and confound their language. There's the Trinity. When Isaiah, the prophet, was called to be a prophet to the nation, he, um, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send? Who will go for us's? Uses. Isn't that amazing that God is an us's? By his stripes, we are healed. God is so into cooperation, teamwork, and unity, and, and so are we. That's why we're in a local church, and that's why we're in a network. And I want to just give you a picture. You know, I believe the Old Testament is a picture book of truth for, the, for New Testament principles. But look at Susie's coat. It's like, a, it's like Joseph's many colored, she, I didn't know she was going to wear this, her jacket. We didn't communicate this morning. <laughs> no, we really did. We almost over communicated. <laughs> I'm not being critical, I'm not being critical. <laughs> huh? I didn't, I'm not doing those yet. See, over communication. She's, she's <laughs> 
it's good to have fun, isn't it? Anyway, so a prophetic picture of unity to me is is when Israel, when Jacob gave Joseph he, uh, his many-colored robe. Remember that? He was uh, Israel. Uh, Joseph was Israel's son of his old age. How many know we're the sons and daughters in our generation of the ancient of days? And I believe prophetically that God, if we'll receive it, he's got a, a, a Joseph coat of many colors for us. What does that represent to me? I'll share that with you prophetically. I believe it speaks of God's favor, God's glory upon our generation. It also speaks of unity. We got, we're in one tribe, but man, we bring some stripes into this thing. Some people even bring spots. Right? So we're, we're unified, but we all are unique. There's one standing before you. But also, may I add in, I, I wouldn't be a good mission guy if I didn't add in the ethnic peoples of the world. God has called us to the nations, the colorful nations of the world. So there's a unique anointing, if we'll receive it, for unity here to bring the harvest there together. Anybody still with me? Amen. And I want to give you three underpinnings of teamwork or unity. And it's been expressed clearly in our conference here. Number one, unity and purpose and clear vision. Any place we are, for the leader, we have a vision from God. It's got to be made plain so people can take it and run with it. So unity and purpose. Number two, it's been said and it's been it's done in this house. How many feel the liberty of the Lord in this house? See, I was telling Pastor Keith, if people have back problems, and they, rather than go to a chiropractor, they should just bring them in here. There's such freedom during worship. You know, I felt all my limbs getting, I was like a rag doll moving around. I was having fun in worship. There's freedom here because there's prayer here and unity here and worship here. So unity and purpose followed certainly by unity and prayer. Remember Acts 1, Acts 2. Isn't it amazing? You can't have Acts 2 until you have Acts 1, which is unity. They were in one accord and one place. Pastor Chris and Patty have done a great job uh, manifesting that here for us in this conference. So unity of purpose, these are the underpinnings of teamwork. Unity of purpose, unity in prayer, and then unity in power. Power. Can someone say power? Say it like a teenager. Power. And um, we're to be dressed in dynamite, brethren. Amen. Terrorists to hell. As we're unified in purpose and prayer, we're loving each other, that dunamis power will be released like never before as seen on the earth. Amen. All right. Uh, last thing I'm going to mention here is there's a secret sauce to unity. It can be a hot sauce or a sweet sauce as you would like, and I think something's coming up here. But I have found, and Brother and I have not, not perfected the application of this sauce in my life. I want to make that clear. But I'm learning. How many are learning here? The secret sauce of unity and teamwork is humility. Amen. Pastor Ron and I, we're, key, we're leaders, we love each other, but sometimes when something's happening in the church, because I'm such a, I'm in the Word, I'm line upon line like you guys, we might have a little discussion and I have learned in my life that my sometimes my greatest strengths can become my greatest weaknesses meaning I feel so strongly about what's right but you know what's better than what's right being humble before God pastor Ron forgive me for any time I've been so forthright I've been wrong 
<laughs> Amen. But we, we work this out. We're, it's good to be with strong leaders. It makes sparks and it makes fire and it smooths us out. But the, um, I, I might want to mention C's. I have, um, five or six C's that if I'm going to work close with somebody traveling the nations in a teamwork capacity, I look at, I look at the call of that person. Is this kindred? Apply this to your staff. I'm looking at the character. None of us are perfected, but there is godly, is there godly character there? You kind of can recognize that soon, and, and you should. Next, of course, is the charisma. Is Do they love the Holy Spirit? Are they yielded to the Holy Spirit? Do they love the gifts? Then competence, competency. How many know competency, ability, has already been said, is really important if you're going to work with someone. You can train some things, but it sure helps if you can jumpstart it with somebody who already has an ability. And then... Nextly is chemistry. You may have all those five things working or four things working, but there's that, that unknown chemistry. There's certain people you can work with close and certain people you can't. How many have found that out? Amen. Raise your hand low if you're a part of a team here. <laughs> there is, there is a, that unknown quality of just, you know, I like to be around people who are, are serious, are sober-minded, uh, will lay their life down for the gospel. But I like also being around, and D- Doug Allen is that way, but I also like to be around people who laugh. I need the joy of the Lord. For, I need a lot. I need a lot of the joy. I need a lot of the strength. So, <clears throat> the secret sauce of unity and teamwork, finishing up right here, is humility. It's brokenness. It's willing to take the low road that God may gain the high road. Amen? You know, I'm a pilot for fun, but you know, the, the um, astronauts to pilots are at the pinnacle of their profession, you know. I'm, I'm driving a little Cessna in the sky, but you meet an astronaut, it, he's pretty cool. But do you know this about astronauts? They wear diapers. I have a point here, you know. Whenever you meet an astronaut, don't get too proud, buddy. You wear diapers. <laughs> if we're going to receive the end time anointing, Joseph's many colored robe of unity, of his glory, of his favor, uh, reaching the nations, it's going to take an undergarment called humility. It's the secret sauce. The secret's out. And I think most of you are hearing this in your ministry already. And, um, Underneath, let me put it this way, underneath I'm finishing up that many colored robe, there's an undergarment called humility, or that's, I think it's worked in us by the cross. Humility and teamwork is the oil that lubricates. It's the shock absorber for the potholes in life and relationships and ministry, is it not? Hallelujah. And um, Isaiah 57 15 says this, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Aren't you glad his name is holy? Thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him or her who has a contrite and a humble spirit. A contrite means a crushed spirit. Crushed for our own ambitions, crushed for our own strength. I dwell with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. And this is where revival comes in. To revive the spirit of the humble. To revive the heart of the contrite ones. Amen.
some of you, um, some of the leaders here hear me say this sometimes. Pastor Ron hears me say this. One thing greater than a unified local church. How many know much can happen in a, when a local church is unified? You know, I tell how much is happening in a local church by how many cars are in the parking lot, not on Sunday, but during the week. You know, a church should be a, 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 um, a hive of life and activity, you know. But, but there's something greater than one local church flowing in unity. It starts there. But how about a network of churches united in purpose? And how about this? Uh, we're part of, a, of a, a network that's also united with at least 12 other networks around the world. Some of the networks are small, 20 people, like in Burma. 5,000 churches in the network in Cambodia. Others, hundreds and hundreds, um, about 500 churches in Laos. These are networks that are working with us in missions, starting Roar Schools, training, raising up an international army to reach the world. So here's my, my closing. Let us be clothed with humility that we may be unrecognized, unknown, and sometimes we might even seem unimportant. But there's no limit to what God can accomplish as a network for the glory of God and the souls of men. How many believe this is true? I want to give a big if. If we labor for unity, you got to work for it, right? If we labor in unity and purpose and prayer and power saturated with that hot sauce of humility. Great cooperation and covenant relationships will cause the great commission to become the great completion. Can I say it again? Great cooperation, great covenant relationships will cause, will make the great commission become the great completion. Completion. I'm just glad to be here with you. In Jesus' name. Pastor uh, Keith, can I pray with everybody? Anybody want to receive that undergarment? I'm not talking about diapers. But anybody want to receive that, that, that garment of humility? Why, why don't you just, yeah, why don't you stand up? We can still be humble and stand up. <laughs> I like to be on my face, but I have a hard time getting up. Amen. So, Father, we just come before you. Thank you for all you've done in each of our lives, in each of our marriages, and what you're doing, in each of our churches, and what you're doing. And Father, thank you for this network, NRP network, uh, and what you're doing here. But Lord, we want to right now just finish this portion by lifting truly our hearts up to you, our hands up to you. Lord, we repent of pride. We repent of high opinions. We repent of, of self-effort and self-exaltation. All that stuff stinks. Lord, we ask that you cleanse us. We repent. We turn from these things. Lord, would you clothe us with humility from on high, the humility of God, willing to take the, the low road, willing to be the caboose, willing to um, at times look like right is not triumphing, but right will always triumph. If we love you, we pray to you, we humble ourselves before you, and we do cleave to the truth. Now, Lord, as you put on the undergarments, Father, would you also give us in our generation Joseph's many-colored robe. Father, for real, lift up your hands and hearts. Let's receive this. This is all by faith. Father, we receive that, that, co that coat of many colors that's your favor. 
Lord, in a, in a perverse world, in a disjointed, confusing world, the world needs to see unity. The world needs to see love in the church. Oh, God, would you clothe us right now with that coat of many colors, your favor, your grace, your humility again, and your call to encourage, to strengthen each other, and also in our unity to win the loss, to make disciples both here, Father, and as a network, even into the uttermost parts of the earth. Father, as you said in Psalm 133, would you command your blessings upon us as servant leaders in our local churches. And Father, let that anointing of, of, of unity flow down to the, the newest believer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him praise. For more information on our annual conferences, including our leadership conference, women's conference, men's conference, youth leader intensive, and youth camps and conferences, visit nrpastors.com. To check out all of our podcasts, including the Leadership and Context podcast by Keith Tusi, the Flourish Women's podcast by Penny Tusi, and the podcast for all of our conferences, click on the podcast tab on our website. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.